hello there, Virginia. It's time for the Lee Brothers program, but the Lee Brothers are not here today, folks, and uh, so you're going to have to put up with your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. And uh, I know the uh, the Lee Brothers, they're a great, great bunch of guys, And uh, but we, we still ask for your prayers for Richard Lee, who is still recuperating, but I do understand from Scott Lee that Richard is uh, beginning to coop to uh, recuperate quite nicely. And so that was really, really uh, good news. Very good to hear that uh, Richard is doing well. And uh, so, hey, for the next three hours, you have your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother brother Craig here. And uh, I hope you all are traveling well, uh, uh, that you have an uneventful um, trip as far as traffic goes now. I don't want it to be uneventful as far as listening to the hatchet man. <laughs> because um, hopefully we have a jam-packed program for you. We will have a couple of guests later on in the program. Uh, Richmond's pastor, uh, Bishop Leon Benjamin, is going to be joining us at, at uh, 4.30. He's been up with uh, President Trump several times, and uh, uh, President Trump was so impressed with him, he said, my goodness, you could be my pastor anytime. And so uh, we're going to uh, uh, have him share a little bit of his wisdom uh, with our audience today, and that'll be at 4.30. And at, uh, at 3.30, we're going to have Ryan McAdams, who is uh, running uh, for the uh, congressional seat in the 4th District, currently held by uh, McEachin. And, uh, and there are several several Republicans vying for the right to face off against uh, McEachin. And uh, so we're looking forward to him also. And, uh, of course, we will have your phone calls and uh we want to remind you that uh, mark this on your calendars, please. You use your smartphone. Your uh, do do folks even write on the old-fashioned calendar anymore? Okay, <laughs> or uh, or you do do you do like I do? I just ask uh, Mrs. Hatchet to remind me, and Mrs. Hatchet uh, takes the appropriate measures to make sure that uh, the Hatchet Man does not forget. <laughs> you should all be so blessed, but. Um, April 25th, uh, Henrico County is having a debate uh, among the uh, three, well, actually four candidates, uh, three, uh, I guess what you'd call top-tier candidates, but uh, four candidates. And certainly by April 25th, uh, perhaps uh, we will know if we, how many we're going to actually have because there is a threshold uh, for uh, getting on the ballot. You do have to get a certain number of signatures. But uh, we're looking very much forward to that. And, again, that's Henrico County, the Henrico County Republican Party, the Henrico County Tea Party. And, uh, oh, gosh, there's a, there's a women's group also. And I'm, I'm getting a little brain freeze here. But uh, there are three groups that are sponsoring this, de- this debate. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm very pleased. It's quite an honor uh, to be able to be the moderator uh, for such a debate, and so we're looking for uh, what I'm what I'm billing this as is, yeah. And I'm going to use a little slang here. This ain't your grandpa's debate, okay? We're going to try to spice it up a little bit, and uh, we're going to be uh, Facebooking it live. It will be broadcast live over these airwaves, and so we're going to have, uh, you know, hopefully a little more of an interesting exchange between uh, the candidates. And uh, and also, I'm billing it as I think now, uh, 
you know, I'm researching this, but I think this is the very first three-way intergenerational debate. We have uh, E.W. Bishop, E.W. Jackson is a baby boomer, okay? We have Corey Stewart is, he's my generation, Generation X. And we have Delegate Nick Freitas. Uh, I think Nick is a millennial right on the tip end of millennials. And I think Nick's 38 years old, which would put him right on the cusp uh, where the millennial uh, generation changes over to Gen X. But anyway, so, you know, we we have a young man, a middle-aged man, and an old man. No, I'm just teasing a little bit. <laughs> Bishop Jackson is not an old man. He's, he's only, uh, what, maybe 63 or so. But still, uh, you know, quite interesting. You get... Uh, you, you, you get a wide variety of uh, experiences based on generational outlook. And, and let's, you know, let's just be honest. People do have differences in their outlooks based on many, many things. And most certainly one of those things can be uh, which generation you were born into. So I'm looking very much forward to that. And, again, I ask you guys to mark it on your calendars. Uh, and, of course, we'll be mentioning this over and over again and, you know, I'm on here uh, every Saturday morning, uh, 10 to noon. And so I'll be uh, reminding you guys every week up until that point. And uh, I remember the last time I had the the, uh, the honor of uh, hosting a debate, it was uh, the, a governor's debate. And uh, it was a really, really uh, good debate. And we kind of did a little bit of that there where we try to get folks off of their typical talking points and get them to reveal a little more about not only about themselves, but about how they would uh, prosecute the case for the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition, uh, also known as Republicans. <laughs> okay, how would they prosecute the case against? Well, in in the past case, it was for the governor. It was how would you do it against uh, Northam? And uh, we know how that turned out, okay, uh, a nine-point drubbing. And, of course, in this case, it's, you know, how would you uh, accomplish this against Tim Kaine? Now, all the uh, prognosticators, uh, the wizards of smart, as some folks call them, uh, you know, these folks think that Tim Kaine is unbeatable. I think Tim Kaine is a paper tiger. And so we, we will see. We will see. But uh, so we can we can talk about that today, uh, politics. We can talk about the Florida uh, shooting uh, for those of you out there who get my newsletter, uh, which you can get at our website, the really real That's the really real We do send out a daily newsletter. And this morning's newsletter did have an article that I wrote on the uh, shooting down in Florida, and uh, lo and behold, President Trump's uh, speech today at CPAC uh, was uh, sort of a mirror image of what I was sharing that, uh, you know, of course our heart breaks. Uh, you know, everyone in America, we're, we're, we're truly heartbroken over the events. Uh, 17 precious lives lost. But, you know, the title of my article was... Uh, Tough times require tough measures, and so we we wanted a a real man's man president, and we have one. We have a president who is a man's man. Okay, so the snowflakes in the nation, of course, 
it, you know, every time the man uh, shows a flare of uh, testosterone, they run for a safe space. And, of course, we know that there are wickedly wise people behind the scenes that manipulate all of that. And these are people that are really, these are tough people. They're not afraid, but they, they put the snowflakes out front. And the challenge this time is that it's our children and the pain is real. And so we have to address it in a way that is real, that can be effective, but is respectful of people's feelings. And we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to open up the phone lines a little bit early. 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. Six. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454 1366. 454 Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. Uh, welcome to the program. The number here is 804-454-1366 as we listen to a little bit of Al Wilson there with that song, The Snake. And uh, President Trump made that song famous today. <laughs> he uh, took the uh, the uh, the lyrics and, and, and literally read it as a poem at uh, in his speech today uh, at CPAC. And uh, it was a big hit, folks. He's done this before. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. Uh, Trump is a master communicator, and it it, it, it illustrates perfectly. Uh, you have people that have uh, heartburn over symptoms but have no sense at all about uh, what what is the root cause of, of so many of our problems. And that right there, uh, for the, all of the different people that are able to come into this nation or whether they're able to come into our schools, uh, you know, people are able to just come unvetted. And so you don't know whether you have a snake or you don't know if you have a wolf, you don't know if you have a lamb, you just, you just don't know. And so quite often you do have a snake. And so as a matter of fact, in years past, quite often the snakes were intentionally imported into this nation in order to do harm. And so, and we cannot uh, deny that these things are done. Many, many people don't like it when a guy like me says it, but historically, uh, you know, people that want to uh, conquer a people, the first thing they seek to do is to divide them. And so how do you divide people? You, 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 you find differences and you rub them raw. Okay. So uh, for example, we, we have a policy of accepting refugees. And so there's a, there's a nation where folks are at war with one another. And a uh, part of the conflict is uh, religious uh, sectarianism. And say you have Muslims and Christians as you do in the Middle East, in, in Syria, in Lebanon. Uh, as a matter of fact, Christian faith uh, was birthed there. 
And uh, through the centuries, uh, Islam, through use of the sword, warfare, intimidation, has killed, slaughtered, and forced conversions of Christians. And But this has really been put on steroids in recent years. It's not, you know, trust me, folks, it is not a new phenomenon. But the few Christians that do remain when under uh, President Obama, when there is a displacement of a population, his administration, aided by the United Nations, which is in, has an interest in having one world government and destroying the sovereignty of the United States of America, their interest was in bringing in the type of refugee that would have a lower chance of fitting in. So rather than bring the Christians in who have something in common with 72% of this nation, which would be their Christian faith, they bring in people that are Muslims and a very, very small percentage of the people that were brought in from these war-torn areas were, in fact, Christians. And so you you cannot be surprised when these things happen. Ditto the, um, the, um, the, the, the lottery visa where you just throw a bunch of names in a hat and you pull, pull 100 names out of the hat, and who's, whoever gets their name pulled out of the hat, they get a ticket to the United States of America. Okay, no vetting. You don't. You're not looking to see. Okay, is this person a snake or is this person uh, a doctor? Okay, is this person useful? Is this is this a young male? I mean, the the Quran tells Muslims that one of the highest things they can do is to quote immigrate for the faith. Think about that. Immigrate for the faith. So they're they're commanded to immigrate to foreign nations for the express purpose of spreading Islam. So they're not immigrating because, oh, we're, we're, it's war-torn and we're just uh, helpless people. We're wanting to come to take over. And so they're just like that song, The Snake. The woman, uh, the kind-hearted woman, uh, thinks she's doing something because the snake is cold, it's freezing, it's about to die, it's pretty, and, oh, let me pat myself on the back and be a nice person and take this snake home, and she's just so surprised. And uh, we, we look, we're up against another break. But look, as we go to break, play play some more of that song, please. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back, folks. By the fireside with some honey and some milk. Now she hurried home from her work that night as soon as she arrived. She found that pretty snake She'd taken in Had been revived Take me in, oh tender woman Take me in for heaven's sake Take me in, tender woman Sigh the snake Clutched him to a bosom. You're so beautiful, she cried. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Sad the snake. Die. 
Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. Welcome back to the program. And uh, we hey, that was a, a great, great song there. I'm so glad President Trump uh, read that poem uh, in his speech today. And I know all over the nation folks are going to be pulling that song up the snake. And uh, we want to welcome uh, Ryan McAdams to the program today. Uh, Ryan is running uh, uh, for the right to represent the Republican Party against Donald McEachin in the uh, 4th Congressional District to the United States Senate. And uh, Ryan, thank you for joining us and welcome to the program. Thank you, Brother Craig. Good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon to you. And uh, let me tell you, folks, uh, last time I saw this gentleman, it was like zero degrees. Uh, we were, we were both <laughs> yeah. on the program for a uh, Martin Luther King uh, event that was held outdoors. Okay. <laughs> That's right. You know what? At the time, I didn't know you were the hatchet man. I just, I just, uh, you introduced yourself as Craig, and uh, and so I've heard you on the radio. But oh, was, okay. Uh, I finally put it together that you are the hatchet man who I was with. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That well, you know, day, I'm just humble, humble little old country boy trying to do the Lord's work. And uh, <laughs> well, I appreciated uh, you being out there. It was a cold day. It and, was. Uh, but we were out there for a good cause, and that was to honor uh, the life and the death of Martin Luther King Jr. and his uh, legacy. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's a beautiful legacy to say we uh, want to judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And, uh, there, of course, there are always people that will never, ever allow that to happen. All they talk about is skin color. And uh, But, uh, but look, we're, we're up against the bottom of the hour break, but it's only about a three-minute break. So could you hold on? Sure, sure. Okay. Well, all right, folks, we will be right back with uh, more from Ryan McAdams in his run for the 4th District Congressional seat. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. On AMA 20, 97.7 FM, The Answer. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee. And uh, we do like to remind you that uh, we want you to keep Richard Lee in your prayers as he is continuing to recover from surgery. And I do understand from Scott that he is doing uh, quite well. He's beginning to improve and turn the corner. So we uh, we thank God for that. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, Ryan McAdams is with us and uh you know, you um, you you have a, a, a tough road to hold there in the fourth congressional district, Ryan, because that was a gerrymandered district that was drawn up by the courts, uh, just like the third was drawn up, uh, just for the express purpose of getting a Democrat elected who ha who would have brown skin, and so which goes one hundred percent opposite Dr. King's vision of a colorblind society, does it not? Yeah, well, it was unfortunate. You know, I uh, I was a Virginia State Prayer Caucus uh, director, and so I was familiar with uh, new Randy Forbes through that. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate what happened. Randy was a good representative of the 4th District, and with, like you said, it was really kind of a hit job on him. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, to get another Democratic yeah. congressman uh, amongst the 11th congressional districts in Virginia. And so it is, is very unfortunate what happened. And, uh you know, Donald McEachin doesn't even live in the district. Yeah. Do you live in the district? 
I do. I live in the heart of the district. Well, it was the third. Now it's the fourth. I live oh, okay. in Providence Forge, uh, which is Charles City. So I yeah, live, that's um, where I grew up. I'm an old country boy from Charles City. Played for the Mighty right? Panthers, uh, football, basketball, and track. Yeah, great class of 1978. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I actually grew up in Williamsburg. And uh, uh, when I was 16, I moved to Williamsburg, Virginia. I went to mm-hmm. Lafayette High School. Uh, graduated from there, went to VCU. Um, God called me into ministry. Of, oh, okay. And, uh, oh, well, bless your soul. For twenty years. Oh, wow, yeah. that's good. Yeah, I'm a VCU grad, also. Man, we have a Isn't lot in right? common. Yeah, yeah. And and I noticed I'm on your website, and I noticed the first thing you mentioned is I am a Christian, and I wanted to thank you for that. The, you know, and the second thing you mentioned is your family, and so you got you have yeah. your priorities straight, brother. I appreciate that. I think this is a time where we need to, you know, go back to our roots and stand for what is true, what is good. And uh, I'm I'm bold about that. I mean, yeah. uh, I'm not a one trick pony where I'm, I'm oh, just, okay. uh, well, I was going to ask you faith alone. Yeah, um, but you... that is the, ba- the foundation of, of who I am. I'm a Christian. I'm happily married, have four beautiful children. And uh, that shouldn't be a that shouldn't be a detriment today. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, interesting thing. Okay, you mentioned Randy Forbes, who used to uh, be uh, our representative in the fourth, and who chose not to fight. You know, went and switched yeah. to another district, and got horribly beat. Okay, it and you know, and I, and I hate to bring in the shooting in Florida, but it's almost. It, it almost fits just without bullets because politics is war without bullets, okay? There was a guard yeah. at the school that left the school and was outdoors, and, you know, oh, President wow, Trump yeah. mentioned it, and, he you know, and President Trump tried to give him uh, the benefit of the doubt. He said, I don't know if something happened, like, okay, did the guy fall down, break a leg, or was he a coward, okay? And so... We, we this is what we had we with there there are republicans that are so intimidated by this race issue that as fine a man as Randy Forbes is that he did not have the confidence that he could stand in his district even though the court came in and in my mind illegally okay and i wish republicans yep. would grow a set of onions the court overstepped its bounds illegally drew not a 50-50 district because if they're going to be illegal about it, if they're going to say, okay, the Republican district is wrong because it's unbalanced, they then they shouldn't draw another district that's unbalanced the other way. They If they're going to do it, they should draw a 50-50 district that's split right down the middle, and and then you would have the, the, the uh, burden of convincing someone on the other side to switch to your side but when it's built in 55 45 or 60 40 i don't know what the numbers are but when it's built in like that that's the court putting their thumb on the scale that not so not only did they act illegally they acted illegally with malice in my opinion now am i wrong in that analysis and if i'm not wrong why am I the only one that's been saying it for years? Well, you know, I think you're exactly right. I, I think who who gets lost in all this is the people. And I don't think it's really good for the people to have this type of kind of political football being tossed around. I mean, if you look at the, the way that the district is formed now, I mean, you have a lot of the south of the James River 
But then they carve out the Isle of Wight and Smithfield and, and Franklin proper, the city of Franklin proper. And, you know, I, I just don't think, I think like you said, we, we should be really focused on what's the best interest of the people. You know, it cuts right through Chesterfield. It, it cuts the top half of, of uh, Chesapeake off. And so you're really they're, dividing communities. They're seeking and, and an I outcome. Think that's good for the people. Yeah, they're seeking an outcome. They're seeking, they're seeking a preordained outcome. outcome. So now that's you right. know this ahead of time going in, okay, that you're facing headwinds. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I talk to a lot of people, obviously, as I get around and in this race. And uh, Mike Wade, I have a lot of respect for Sheriff Wade. And uh, he ran his campaign. Um, and he, he won by six and a half percent. So if you want to think of it that way, that we need to gain six and a half percent in the district. Mm -hmm. And so I think we can do that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be running the average, the average Republican campaign. One of the things that we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, well, I think the Republican party really needs to change its face. And, uh, I would consider myself a constitutional, compassionate, principled conservative. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we're going to do, I know you know Brother uh, Bishop Leon Benjamin. He's up after you. (laughs) He's coming on the program today. Oh, he's coming up. Yeah, he's coming up at 430. Yeah, very good friend. Ask him about about what we're doing with the Urban Initiative, because one of the things that we're doing uh, very aggressively is we're going after the moderate Democratic vote. You know, there's a lot of, as you know, there's a lot of uh, African-American, black uh, those that are part of the traditionally a part of the Democratic Party who are very disenfranchised with the Democratic Party, the way that they're going with their moral issues, obviously oh, as conservatives, yeah. uh, we we believe in uh, life, we believe in family, we believe in marriage. It's not traditional marriage; it's marriage. Marriage is right. between a man and a woman. Period. Yes. And there's a lot in the Democratic Party that are very disillusioned with which with the direction that the Demo- the Democratic Party is going. And we're going to go after those votes. And most Republicans don't even go after those votes. But now, we how- are. We're, I was in two churches. Uh, I was one on off a of whole street uh, on Sunday and one in Petersburg, mm-hmm. uh, black churches. And, and we were received very well. And it's to me, it's oh, not okay. about party. Yeah. It's not about party. Yeah. It's, and it's maybe one day, right. maybe one day Dr. King's vision will come true and you would just have been in a church, not a black church or a white church. You that's, just have been right. in a church. Well, that's <laughs> you understand. I you understand. understand. I trust me. I get it. Okay. I, we got. We have a ways to go, but that's the gold standard. That's what Paul uh, talked about in the, in the book of Ephesians. And, I totally uh, agree. Yeah. Yeah. But we need to that, come together, and that's the point. The point yeah. is, is that we need to come up with real solutions for the urban areas, for the rural areas, and not just uh, you know stick to the bread and butter of what we've always done, mm-hmm. but begin to reach out and, and and come up with solutions for these areas. And that's yeah. that's what we're bent on doing. We're putting together a team of people uh, that want to bring solutions to the fourth district because I care about people, I care about families, I care about children, I care about the next generation. Oh, okay. And so we're we're going hard. Uh, after that, we're going hard into the churches. You know, only forty oh, okay. percent, all the churches, only forty percent right. of the church votes in any given election. Wow, that's so, low. Now, can I give you a church, a, a biblical template, and ask your opinion on on it as far as sure. your style of going uh, and, and 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 trying to convince people to do, in my view, do the right thing, vote Republican. Okay. Now, this is the template. And it's this is there's an Old Testament template and there's a New Testament template. In the in the Old 
Testament, there were times when the king of Israel was told how to be aggressive in the prosecution of a war, and they failed to do that. And every time they failed to yeah. do that, a disaster came upon them, correct? Absolutely. And and then the new and then the New Testament, Jesus himself referred to people in leadership as liars. He didn't say this is my friend across the aisle. He said, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye shall do. He was a liar from the beginning and the father of it. So when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh his own. And, you know, now this is Jesus. And see, the problem I have with, and I hope you're going to be the exception to the rule, the problem I have with Christian, um, you know, really, really, and I, I see you as a true, sincere Christian. And I've heard many other people testify of that on your behalf to me. And so, I, and I really, really believe it. But, I mean, we've seen... Um, Ted Cruz, we've seen Ken Cuccinelli, you know, we've seen, you know, great Christian men, uh, and they're of our generation, you and I, Generation X, you know, people that are, we're, we're trying yeah. to get them to take the next step up. But they want to do the thing of this is my friend across the aisle and not go aggressive because of fear of the backlash of someone's going to say, oh, you're being mean. And so what's yeah. your what's your take on that? Can a Christian cite the words of Jesus in, in 2018? It, well, yeah, I think, I think one of the things that we've lost in the church is our prophetic voice. And uh, we, have, we have taken the back seat to speaking up for truth and culture. And we've taken a back seat to, to misunderstanding, like you said, what, what compassion and mercy and love is, but also what is truth and justice and righteousness. Yes. And so, yeah, I'm not taking uh, I'm not taking the approach with this that I'm going to give my opponent a pass or the Democratic Party a pass. Uh, I believe that we need to call truth out or call falsehood out. And Donald McEachin, I mean, there's there's a lot of fodder there. Let's just put it that way. But yeah. we're not going to we're not and the Democrat Party in general. I mean, you Democratic have generations Party. of people. I mean, for 60 years, Democrats have run all these cities and. I could see after 20 years, you say, well, let's give it a little more time, okay? After 30 years, oh, well, it's, you know, you've got to undo all these generations of racism. I, but 60 years? I mean, this stuff yeah. does not work, and the people that are in charge of it are not sincere. And so, but look, can you hold on or just, and, and maybe give us a few more minutes on the other side of the sure. break? absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Well, we're going to take a quick break, folks. This is Ryan McAdams joining us. Ryan is running for the uh, fourth congressional seat currently held by Donald McEachin. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Representing the end of political correctness, it's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. Thank you all for joining us, and uh, we want to say thank you again to our guest, Ryan McAdams, who's running for the uh, congressional seat. Actually, first of all, running for the Republican nomination, uh, the right to represent Republicans 
which I like to call the Christian Conservative Constitutional Capitalistic Coalition, uh, running for mm-hmm. the right to represent us against Donald McEachin. And uh, thank you for staying over. I know you're a busy man, and uh, we appreciate you sharing with the audience. Oh, it's my pleasure, Brother Craig. I appreciate the opportunity to be on with you today. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I was my, my previous question before the break was very pointed. And the yeah. and, and the re the reason for that is you have uh you know, many, many Democrats, no matter what, they're never, ever, ever gonna vote Republican. Okay. It's like that's that's right. who butters their bread, whether it's their government <laughs> job, their government contract, their job in academia. Uh, you know, whatever, they get a phony grant for $100,000 to study something stupid. Um, you know, ne- they're never, ever, ever going to vote Republican. And, but there are many, many people that, uh, Ryan, the, these are honest, decent, dignified people, the type of people that I grew up looking up to in Charles City County. Okay, very, yeah. very independent, you know, almost everyone. And when I was a boy in Charles City, just about everyone was a homeowner. They were very self-reliant. Uh, it was totally different from where I grew up earlier in Newport News, where people tended to rent and not own. In Charles City, everyone was an owner, you know, and they were so self-reliant. And, you That's know, right. most of the men had calluses on their hands and work boots on their feet. Yeah. So and a shotgun the, over their shoulder. Exactly. Exactly. And as a matter <laughs> of fact, my ninety eight year old grandmother still has a shotgun underneath the bed. And I and look, I am not joking. I could I could go and take a picture of it and put it on my Facebook if if she let me. <laughs> but now these are people they they don't benefit from all this uh Democrat garbage. You know, these these people are not looking for anything free. You know, so but they still vote Democrat. So speak right. speak to them, Ryan. Well, it's interesting because I think that I mean you said it well. I think that the Democratic Party has left them. I think there was a time when the Democratic Party, you know, that you know, it was a different day when they were even serving them to a better degree than they are today. But I, I believe, particularly the demographic demographic that you're talking about in Charles City, that the Democratic Party does not speak to them anymore. And, and I think that there's an opportunity there for Republicans if we will reach out and, and not just uh, throw away whole segments of uh, the population to mm-hmm. say, oh, well, they're just Democrat. But we'll reach out to them and, and yeah. convince them through, through our positions because we have the truth. I believe that, that conservative principles are the way forward and is the future yeah. and yeah. that we have, to, we have to be able to make that case. But if we don't go to them and make that case – then we're not going to win them over. And yeah. so, you know, I'm about educating. You know, I've been a pastor for over 20 years, and so I'm about educating, empowering, equipping. And so that's what we need to do. That's the type of servant leadership we need. We need people that are going to roll up their sleeves and, and aren't just interested in getting reelected, mm-hmm. but really care about the people and are going to provide solutions. And I think if you do that, I mean, I, I, I know that if we do that, that we're going to win over people, like you said, that uh, that maybe culturally or histororically have voted in a certain way for the Democratic Party. But uh, there's but a lot personally that I conservative. Yeah, and look, yeah, I, I hate to— and socially, they're conservative. Right, right. And I hate to cut it off, but look, we're up against a break, and I'm going to really—we're really going to really uh, try to have you on again. And uh, the, um, the primary is, what, in June, so we'll have plenty of uh, opportunity to have you back to share with our audience. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Brother Craig. And you can go on the website, RyanMcAdamsForCongress.com. Uh, shameful plug there. But, oh, okay. Uh, no, that's the not shameful. Check us out. Yeah, if you don't toot it, who's going to toot it? Okay. Thank <laughs> you, right. brother. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. God bless you. Well, all right, Virginia, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM820 97.7 FM The Answer. Just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee O Lamb of God I come I come Just as I am Though tossed about With many a conflict Many a doubt Fightings and fears Within, without O Lamb of God Where is the best news and talk? AM 820, WNTW Chester is the answer. Just as I am, thou wilt receive Wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve Because you promised, I believe O Lamb of God, I come I come. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live as I sit in for Scott and Richard Lee as we listen to a little bit of Johnny Cash, the favorite song of the late, great Billy Graham, Just As I Am. And, uh, folks, uh, you know, what can you say about uh, the nation's pastor, uh, Billy Graham, uh, 99 years old, uh, the really, really, the truly the prophet of America. And with that said, folks, I'm going to play for you. I had the honor of interviewing a gentleman who wrote a book several years ago, and that was exactly the title. He, he actually referred to Billy Graham as a prophet. The title of the book was Prophet with Honor, the Billy Graham Story, and the author's name is William Martin. And uh, so I dug up this interview that I did several years ago, and we're going to play it for you now. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, back here with the really real deal on the Billy Graham story. We have uh, joining us, uh, as promised here on Theology Thursday, is uh, none other than Mr. William Martin, 
Uh, Mr. Martin is a Harvard grad, and uh, we won't hold that against him. <laughs> He's the Harry and Hazel uh, Chavain Emeritus Professor of Religion and Public Policy um, a scholar in the Department of Sociology at Rice in Houston. And uh, he retired in 05, and uh, he's served as their senior fellow for religion and public policy uh, over at the James Baker Institute for Public Policy at Rice. And uh, Mr. Martin has been on uh, many national uh, television and radio programs, 60 Minutes, Nightline, 2020, Today, Frontline, All Things Considered, um, he's published numerous national and regional periodicals, Atlantic, Harper's, Esquire, uh, on and on. And uh, while researching, he was given exclusive access to the Billy Graham archives. And now he's joining you here in Central Virginia with the really real deal. How are you, Mr. Martin? I'm doing very fine, Brother Craig. Yeah, it's so nice to have you. And uh it's, uh, and you know something, and I can kind of hear it in your voice when you say Brother Craig. You know what you know what the brother means, don't you? Indeed, indeed. God bless you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, this is a great book. I'm going to tell you, um, I, you know, we get so many books uh, in the mail. I mean, there have been weeks when I've gotten 20-some-odd books in the mail. and uh, But this one, you know... I'm, I'm not old enough to remember the young Billy Graham, but, you know, in, in my awareness of, of Billy Graham, he's more of a uh, uh, an elder statesman of uh, of faith. And But in reading this book, one night I couldn't sleep, and I read the whole book in, in just a couple of hours. It's actually a kid's book here. It's, uh, what, zonderkids.com? That's right. And, and there, I wrote originally, and I've kept it up to date uh, till Mr. Graham ends his ministry at some point, a, a, bio, a larger biography that appeared first in, in 1991. But uh, like you, you know, or as you described there, a lot of people don't know, a lot of younger people now, in fact, don't even know who Billy Graham is. Or, yeah, or and what, that's how a shame. Yeah. What, how important it was, and that's why that it's Zondervan and, and I wanted to write a book so that it would be accessible to kids so they could understand that this was one of the great men of God in the 20th century. Yes. And in the 21st century, of course. But much, you know, he, he began his public ministry in the early 1940s and continued for 70 years. Yeah, yeah. Pretty and it's great here uh, reading about him and his background and how he got started and... Um, I mean, it's just what the um, what the church was like when he was young, the strictness, and you look at how things have uh, gone uh, somewhat astray uh, in recent years with, um, you know, preachers making overtures to uh, homosexual marriage, and uh, now they're even boycotting Israel. And uh, when I look at, wow, when Billy Graham was young, these people instilled in him what made him great. Well, of course, there has been a great deal of a great deal of change over this period. But also, I, I think it's important to recognize that a lot of the change that has happened has been positive. Uh, that uh, when he was a young man, he was also dealing. You know, much of the criticism that came to him when he was young came from from fundamentalists who hardliners who didn't really believe that he should associate with uh, anybody outside of a very narrow circle. 
and right. he determined not to be held back like that. As long as people didn't want to, didn't tell him what he had to preach, then he was willing to accept the support of a wider number of people. And he got criticized for that, but that enabled him to preach the gospel effectively to far millions more than those who said, you know, everybody except Cave 73 is going to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was very instrumental in bringing the uh, Southern Baptists around as far as race relations, I understand. He was a very early supporter of Dr. King, and, and at uh, many of his events, they were during times of segregation. He insisted that there would be no segregation uh, where, when he was there to preach. That's right. Early in the 1950s, in a, in, a, in a crusade in Chattanooga, he personally went down and removed the ropes that separated what they called the colored section at the time. And then in, in 1957, in a great crusade that lasted all summer in Madison Square Garden, Dr. King was leading the boycotts in, in Montgomery. He invited Dr. King to come to, hit, to come to lead prayer on as part of the service and he said Dr. King is doing a great work there and also to talk with his with his staff about how they could what they could do to to be more effective in in bridging the, the racial gap and he lost an awful lot of people supporting him at that time but Dr. King by, by being there Dr. King was saying Billy Graham is our friend and Billy Graham was saying Dr. King is a person we should listen to and that, that carried on. He was less, uh, Billy Graham was always uh, very careful in his uh, public. He, he didn't like to make waves, and sometimes he was critical of Dr. King, and sometimes Dr. King thought Billy should have done more. But the way I put it is, Billy Graham was seldom at the front of the parade, but he was almost always in front of his unit and leading it forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... It's um, and, it, and it's a it's a great thing that he's done here, and it's been so many years of doing it that he has a very very large organization, and now his family, um, his son Franklin, uh, starting to carry the reins more. And uh, but Mr. Graham himself is still uh, kind of spry and, and 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 able to articulate a little bit, isn't he? Well, he's he's uh, I guess it's too much to say he's spry because these days he's very very weak. But, but his mind is still good, mm-hmm. uh, thank God. And um, in recently, uh, just a few months ago, you may have seen the national uh, broadcast that was shown you know, around the country. It was a very effective um, program on the power of the cross. And they show, it was r- really enjoyable to me because it showed some clips from his, other, from his younger years uh, as, a, as a pow- the power that he had as a preacher. And then it winds up with his sitting on the front porch of his place in, in, up in the Blue Hills in Montreat, um, North Carolina, looking out into the, out into the sky as an old, old man, mm-hmm. but still a man that when he, when he spoke and what he had to say was, was very powerful. Yeah, and it really was powerful. I've looked at some clips on YouTube of him preaching uh, as a young man, and uh, he was like what I like to call a paint-peeling pastor. I mean, he could peel peel paint off the wall. <laughs> we need more of that, I think. <laughs> you know, his, he, uh, he, he's looked on, uh, I think it's the Trinity Broadcasting Network, plays classic Billy Graham, the programs from his early, earlier preaching. And his, one of his daughters told me that Daddy looks at those and he says, I wish I could preach with that kind of power. But she also said 
that his later preaching, which was much more conversational mm. and direct and actually more appropriate for television, uh, she said it has a kind of a power and a gentleness and a pulling that he, that, that he I think, is just as, uh, just as powerful. So even though he changed his method, he never changed his message. Mm. And that was the heart of his success, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So now what do you think is going to be his, his greatest legacy? Um, you know, and we're going to give some, we have, you said you were so kind to send us uh, several extra copies of the book. And so uh, as, as callers call in after the interview here, we, we'll make sure that we'll give these books away. Oh, good. I think he's, it's interesting. He will have, there's so many things that, that, um, that he did. You know, he held crusades around the world. Uh, he spoke in person to more than 80 million people. Imagine that. Yes. And over television to more than 200 million. And something over 3 million people came to, came to faith in his, uh, you know, answered the call at the end of his sermon. He held conferences and he trained evangelists and he was a pioneer in media. But I think his, his greatest legacy may be one that's impossible to measure but it's in the tens of thousands of itinerant evangelists that his organizations trained in big conferences and in smaller conferences, all of this since about 1980. And I don't think any single person will be the next Billy Graham, mm -hmm. in part because evangelical Christianity has become, in a significant measure, because of what Billy Graham did, so large and diverse and multifaceted that nobody can dominate it as he did, regardless of talent or dedication. It's, it's just not going to happen. There are too many parts of it to say, let's look to this one person. But there will be thousands of people who will become, as, as they say, little Billy Grahams. Mm -hmm. And he, said, he has said at conferences in Amsterdam, one of which I got to, to attend in 1986, he says, you are my successors. And it's important to remember that Billy Graham's not an office in the Christian church that has to be filled like pope or bishop. Right. It, There'll be people carrying on the work inspired by him, and that's what's important. I think he'll be remembered as a person of integrity and, to quote a scripture that I like to apply to him, as a workman who needeth not to be ashamed. Right. And now, as we close, uh, Mr. Martin, share interest in what you said about his personal integrity, okay? Because there was a um, conference that uh, Billy Graham had uh, when, uh, and what I found fascinating about that is that there was this group of four or five uh, evangelists who were, they were boyhood friends, and they are still friends to this day, those that are still living, and they've been together all these years, but they had a conference to discuss what it is about preachers and, and, and religious movements that allow Satan to come in and personally attack uh, based on the... Um, lack of uh, awareness of, 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 of uh, keeping, keeping your own character true. Right. As, as far as money, women. Uh, so speak a little bit about his impact on training ministers in that way because there, there are a lot of people in the church uh, that don't follow that, and there are a lot of people that have recognized that, and as a result, they have left Christianity. That's true, that, that a lot of people leave not so much because they gave up on, on gave up their faith, but they gave up their confidence in the rectitude of the people who were supposed to be standing for the faith. But in the latter, the late 1940s, at a at a crusade that was going pretty well in uh, Modesto, California, 
Uh, Billy called his his uh, his associates, Cliff Barrows, who's still living, George Beverly Shea, who was who is who is now dead, and um, a couple of others, and said, "Boys, it looks like uh, God has some great things for us, possibly, but we need to talk about the the things that have brought other ministries to shipwreck over the years. So let's go off in our rooms and make a list of some of these things." And they came back, and the list <clears throat> was not exceptional. You've you've mentioned them really, sexual temptation. Uh, money problems, you know. Another one was coming into a town, as the revivalists often do, and criticizing the local churches and the local preacher and saying, you send your money to me rather than to them. Mm-hmm. And that left the churches in a, in a problem. And also not telling the truth about their, you know, exaggerating their statistics. So pretty soon, well, one of the rules they made that's really done more than anything is all of the people in their, in their organization are expected a man is not supposed to be alone with a woman other than his wife or daughter or sister in, in an automobile, in a restaurant, or in an office with the door closed, uh, lest, you know, lest there be temptation or lest there be, you know, people will say, awesome. well, a problem of some yes. kind. And to make their, make their financial, uh, their records open so people can see how the money is being spent, let, you know, not to criticize preachers, but instead of saying, follow me, to say, get yourselves into a good church right here in this city. Other things like that. And that, that, that worked, of course, to his um, advantage because churches then began to, to uh, local preachers began to trust them and to want to have them come. But it's good advice, and, and it's interesting over the years, uh, Craig, that when people say, um, they talk about somebody, you know, of the various scandals that have happened, it almost always comes up that if they had just followed the the advice Billy Graham mm-hmm. and his friends gave, and they call it since it was in Modesto. Modesto Manifesto. Modesto Manifesto. <laughs> Had a long life. Sixty-five years later, it's still good. It's still good advice. Amen. God bless you, sir. And uh, you know, it's so great having you. And uh, you can just feel free. You can grace the uh, the Brother Craig show anytime, sir. Well, thank you very much. And I hope that your listeners. Uh, I know you have some to give away. Yes, sir. Uh, I hope that there are more people that want it. You can. They can get it from by going on Zondervan.com and ordering the book directly. And I I know Zondervan and I would both appreciate that, and I think I hope the book would be a blessing to them. Oh, okay. What's that website again? Zondervan.com, Z-O-N-D-E-R-V-A-N, the same as, you know, the okay. short book. Okay. Thank you. God okay. bless you. Thank you. Bless you. All right. Bye now. Without one plea but that thy blood Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM. WNTW, The Answer. We built this city. We built this city. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Station, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee. And uh, we're going to take another really, really quick break, folks, and we will be right back. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820, 97.7 FM. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee. 
the famous Lee brothers. Uh, we're right up at the bottom of the hour news break. But on the other side of that break, we're going to have my good friend Bishop Leon Benjamin, who's being called now Richmond's pastor. And uh, he's going to share his wisdom with you all. We will be right back. In an extraordinary place. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers on WNTW, AM820, 97.7 FM, The Answer. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see your glory flying. There's a lot of men dead. So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here and sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee, the famous Lee brothers. And, uh, and again, uh, we ask you to keep uh, Richard Lee in your prayers. He is recuperating nicely and uh, looking forward to getting back behind the microphone here. Uh, but until then, uh, you got me, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man. And you all who are perhaps maybe new uh, or your regular listeners here with the Lee brothers, but uh, perhaps you're, you're new to uh, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, I'm on every Saturday morning, so I will be right here bright and early tomorrow morning. Uh, our program is called the really real deal and uh, we are on oh yeah go ahead play that <laughs> and in this corner weighing in at a set of blueberries the standard low-fat republican grand old republican who refuses to fight the democrats the way they fight us governor goofball and in this corner Weighing in at a set of Vidalia onions, the teller of truth, the slayer of Democrats. <laughs> Folks, people want a champion. A man and his microphone. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the hatchet man. Saturdays, 10 to noon. Sundays, best of 9 to 11. 8.20 a.m., 97.7 f.m. And get the daily newsletter at the website, thereallyrealdeal.com. <laughs> yeah, thank you for playing that, Mark. Uh, yeah, that's uh, for you who are regular listeners to this station. You know, we run uh, regularly run promos of all the different programs, and they've I think I have maybe three or four different ones. That's my favorite one, by the way. <laughs> but also, uh, I would like, and, and, and by the way, our, our guest uh, will be calling in uh, in a very few minutes, Bishop. Uh, we've already spoken with him, so uh, he'll be with us in a very few minutes. But I thought I'd take this opportunity while we wait on him to share with you. Uh, and again, many of you know who I am, but uh, many of you perhaps don't. I'm founder and president of the First Amendment, Inc., and uh, my radio program, The Really Real Deal, is the communications arm of the First Amendment, Inc. Uh, we believe in uh, this great nation and the seven C's of a successful society, and those seven C's are Christian faith. Uh, and, of course, you know, without Christian faith, the other six literally could not exist. But uh, the, the seven of them in total, Christian faith, conservative values, 
constitutional limits, capitalistic opportunity, choice in all things, all things, okay? Choice in all things. Uh, confrontations with evil and consistency in application of law, something we don't see a whole lot of in this nation, consistency in application of law. And, uh, and quite often, folks, we don't see confrontation with evil. And we have a president now who is uh, really attempting to confront the evil that faces some of our children. And I would guide you to our website, The Really Real Deal. And, uh, you know, we, we, there's a slider there with uh, all of our recent posts. And the most recent one is the article that I recently wrote about the Parkland, Florida shooting. And uh, now is that our guest? Uh, okay, my my Christian brother, uh, Bishop Leon Benjamin. Uh, gentlemen, uh, if you are a Fox News viewer, you've seen him right often here lately uh, visiting with the president. And uh, I like to call him the pastor of Richmond now. Uh, President Trump trying to steal him from us. Because <laughs> I heard him. I heard him, Brother uh, brother Leon. I heard him say you could be his pastor anytime. So he's trying to steal, he's trying to steal our pastor. <laughs> How you doing, brother? I, I'm blessed, man. To God be the glory, man. Thank you so much for um, having us on. Today. Oh, it's a it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you on. And uh, you're my third Christian brother we've had on today. And, uh, you know, folks writing books about Billy Graham. We have another Christian brother. I think he's a minister also running for, uh, as a matter of fact, you know Ryan. He's running, running for um, Congress uh, in the uh, 4th Congressional District. And uh, and so yeah. now and now we have you. That's a trifecta, brother. So I I feel like it's a good program today. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So now, so much going on, uh, brother. Brother, we have uh, shootings. We have uh, a government in turmoil, and we have to mark these uh, terrible things. We have the passing of a very very great, uh, li literally a prophet, a modern-day prophet in Billy Graham. And I just played an old interview that I did uh, several years ago with uh, someone who wrote a book about Billy Graham. And um, I wanted to just get you to share your thoughts with the audience about uh, the life and legacy of this truly great man. Man, I tell you, um, first and foremost, you know, our hearts go out to the family, our condolences and prayers. Uh, what a what what a family! Uh, and uh, we're talking about uh, great beginnings, small beginnings, but great finishes. Well, this is definitely an example uh, of of what we have seen through the, the, the life and, and and legacy and passing away onto glory of uh, Reverend and Dr. Billy Graham. I remember growing up. Um, that we designated the, the old the gospel hour um, <laughs> uh, when the show would come on, man. We that was family time. Yeah, that, that, that we sat in front of the black and white TV. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. We, we, and uh, we we watched uh, and we watched the people uh, when he made the altar call. And I remember this at very young age. Um, people just coming in droves coming mm -hmm. to give their life, you know, unto Jesus Christ. And when you're a kid, you know, seeing that you, you don't know all that it means, but you, you definitely are, you know, you're, you're feeling the, 
the compassion and the touch of of God, and you can't describe it. You just know. You just right. like that feeling. Yeah. You just like that feeling as a child that, man, these people are, are coming and responding and coming out of the bleachers, and, you know, this... and they and they and they just keep coming. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes the altar call would last what a half an hour, uh, forty five minutes because the people just keep coming. They just mm-hmm. kept coming. Yeah. And so, for my family, that was essential that we be uh, watching watching that. And then as 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 I got older, being able to to see the, the wonderful work of the evangelist, as I began to understand what that means. Yeah. Um, having having that ability to gather the lost from uh, the four corners of the earth, mm-hmm. and, and that's the spirit of evangelism that I saw. Um, he he is definitely, I believe, one of the greatest evangelists of all times. Yeah, I uh, would agree. It, it's it's just amazing how that spirit, uh, when he brings the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a plain way that anybody can understand it it says something people respond yeah it says something about the uh the times in which he occupied that uh a uh a a media magnet william randolph hearst would give orders okay not a suggestion he he literally told his editors and the and and the hearst organization was a nationwide organization of newspapers and he told his order his his editors he ordered them to puff up Billy Graham to lift lift Billy Graham up and and in lifting up Billy Graham the media world of the 1940s was not lifting up the country boy from North Carolina they were lifting up Jesus Christ because he was Jesus Christ's ambassador and and but his he lived long enough for there to be an overlap in his life his 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 early life that was the America but the end of his life, he's, he, he lives to see a time when the same people, well, not the same people, but the same uh, institutions now seek to tear Christian faith down and, by extension, tear down Jesus Christ. You know, wh- what are your thoughts on that? The- oh, my goodness. What, what, a, what a shift, right, from the 1950s uh, to what we see going on right now. And... Uh, we, we call it the progressive or the liberal media mm-hmm. uh, that's taken on an ideology and a philosophy uh, that Christianity has now become the enemy of America. And uh, we know that that is definitely not true, but they've taken on a position uh, to now intimidate and tank- antagonize anyone mm-hmm. yeah. who has uh, a, a faith that lifts up the name of Jesus that, that yeah. lifts up. And it's, uh, it's interesting that he was he was very early uh, an integrationist and a supporter of Martin Luther King very early on. And, you know, Paul writes that there, there should be no black and white, no male and female, no rich and poor, no Jew and no Gentile. And, you know, it seems that he epitomized that. And even that today, all people talk about are these surface characteristics rather than get to the essence of the person. And uh, But, but look, look, hold your thought on that. We're up against a break. Could you hold on just a, just a few moments? Absolutely. Okay. Well, if you're just joining us, folks, we have Richmond's pastor, Bishop Leon Benjamin. Scott and Richard Lee. 
the Circus Clowns of Talk Radio on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee and our guest joining us, Bishop Leon Benjamin. And uh, Brother Leon, thank you again for being with us. Thank you so much, man. I'm I'm enjoying this. This is great, man. You're doing such a wonderful job. You just I appreciate that, man. Just, you know, trying to go where the Lord directs me, brother. And uh listen, you um, you know, great uh great life that um Billy Graham uh led, but he has put the baton in in your hand and my hand and, and collectively in our hands now. He's gone on to glory. And uh, we have to continue to run our leg of the race. And, uh, you know, as I was saying earlier, we we no longer live in an America where a man like Billy Graham is lifted up and looked up to and revered and respected. Um, you know, even by people that were not, you know, truly Christian, they respected Christian faith uh, enough to uh, lift him up and not uh, seek to uh, tear him down. But now today... Um, any, any, it, it seems the only group in America that is really truly safe to tear down is a Christian. And if you happen to be uh, Christian and white, you know, both of us, we have brown skin. But man, we're even not safe because they call us what Oreo, uh, Uncle Tom. <laughs> you know, they call yeah. us all kinds of things, and the 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 wickedness of the times we live in. How do you advise people that are living in these times and they're growing up in these times and this is what they're seeing and this is what's shaping their attitudes? Uh, because it's it's no longer the, the the world that Billy Graham grew up in. How do you how do you advise them spiritually to face the reality that uh, particularly our young people have to face today? You know that's that's it's that's a good question, but it it, it is definitely a layered um, answer. Um, but it is definitely a poignant, uh, a very poignant question because of the fact we know, um, as far as those that are living for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, that there's going to come a time where people are going to wish that there was a church. <laughs> that they could get to and uh <laughs> and uh it's 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 going to come uh as the bible says like a thief in the night so mm -hmm. uh it's going to happen so quickly the turnaround the change so the persecution that the church is facing now uh it's going to switch and the whole world is going to be under persecution so that's a little bit different scenario mm -hmm. and it's so that old saying of when they attacked the christians i didn't fight because i'm not a christian you know right. when when they attacked the jews i didn't fight because i'm not a jew and when they came after me there was nobody left right <laughs> right right it's 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 going to be amazing and so what 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 keeps my heart uh anchored and what keeps my mind continually being renewed in the Word of God, uh, which is our, what I call B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. But I have to tag on a hashtag that will be back. 
um, we we might leave, but we'll be back because the dead in Christ shall rise, uh, and then those that are alive and remain should be caught up to meet him in the air. But that's in the air to return, to come back. But in, in that, we have to stay focused in that the last time or end time or last day's revival will be that of those who published what Billy Graham did since the 1950s and the 30s and so forth. He got saved at 16, so we're talking about an early. He, mm-hmm. he got uh, saved in a tent meeting uh, in Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina, I think, at 16. So we're talking about, uh, well, almost almost 100 years. Mm-hmm. 73, 73 years. 70-plus years saying Jesus is coming. Mm-hmm. God loves you. Jesus loves you. But Eight, now... 83 years. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. But almost a, almost a whole century yeah. where you're telling people Jesus loves you, God loves you, don't keep going that way. Turn mm. around. Turn around. Uh, um, and and the, the tagline or the hashtag is because you don't want to be caught with your life or your sin not taken care of, mm-hmm. which you know, and, and, and so how we handle it now going into the 21st century with still the light of the gospel is that there is a coming day where you don't want to be on the wrong side of the fence. Mm-hmm. You, you don't, you don't yeah. want to be in opposition to the will of God, mm-hmm. which is that he would have it that all men should be saved and yeah. that none perish. That's, that's now, the favorite scripture that Billy Graham preached, John yeah. 3.16. Yeah, he did. He did. Now, can I? We, we, we need to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to have a very short segment. I need to get your input on what happened in Florida. Would that be all right? Uh, sure. No okay. Problem. Well, all right, folks. We're going to take a quick break. If you're just joining us, we have Richmond's pastor, Bishop Leon Benjamin. We will be right back. Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today, and we continue to ask your prayers for Richard Lee, who is uh, recuperating nicely from surgery, and uh, we have our guests with us. Uh, what I like to call Richmond's pastor, uh, Bishop Leon Benjamin. And uh, Brother Leon, uh, I really appreciate you taking time, and you've already agreed to stay over for the uh, 5 o'clock hour because we just didn't have time. These are some serious questions we have, and we need your wisdom. But while we have 30 seconds, tell the audience, please, where your church is, a website, how folks can reach out to you. Yes, um, our church is located uh, 10825 Midlothian Turnpike, Richmond, Virginia, New Life Harvest Church. Uh, we are uh, located at the website. If you want to go to our webpage, www.newlifeharvestchurch.org, newlifeharvestchurch.org. And so we're, we're over in the south side area uh, worshiping on Saturdays. Uh, at 3 o'clock. Best news and talk, AMA 20, WNTW, Chester, and W249CI Bonaire are the answer. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. And uh, always uh, very, very honored uh, to be able to have that opportunity to stand behind this microphone for those fine gentlemen. They truly are a Richmond institution, and uh, we ask you to please continue to keep Richard Lee in your prayers as he uh, recuperates from surgery that he had three or four weeks ago. And uh, we have uh, with us our guest, uh, Richmond's pastor, Bishop Leon Benjamin. And uh, Brother Leon, thank you again for staying over. Yes. Oh, God bless, man. Um, it's definitely an honor. Thanks, yeah. thanks for having us. Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure. Now, you know, again, with the, the times we live in, brother, this there's this constant attack on the president. And people say, well, that's just the way, the, that's the nature of the beast. When the Democrat president is in there, the Republicans beat up on him. When the, when the uh, Republican president is in there, the Democrats beat up on him. To a certain degree, there's a certain grain of truth in that statement. However, the intensity of it and the fact that it's so institutional and organized whenever there is a Republican president, in this case, President Trump, it's, and, and, and then you, you have the, the two platforms that the two parties uh, respectively stand on. One, not that folks are, are pure as the wind-driven snow, but on one side there is a certain divide where there is a, a, a political party that at least leans and attempts, as, as we who are Christians, we never say, oh, I'm a good Christian. We say, I'm trying to be a good Christian, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, we, you know, so well, on, on our side, we, we are in favor of the life of the unborn. On the other side, they are not in favor of the life of the unborn. They're in favor of the convenience of the mother on our side we're in favor of law and order which is uh, again that's god that's ordained by god their side seems to benefit from chaos okay and we can i could literally take five minutes i won't take that long but the audience gets the picture that i'm trying to draw here uh, but the what they do is they're very clever with words and this is not new i'm going to read you a bible verse from the book of luke chapter 20, verse 20, and this is in regards to Jesus, and it says, and they watched him and sent forth spies, which should feign themselves just men, that they might take hold of his words, that so they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor. And is, is that a picture of, of what we go through today, brother? Oh, absolutely. You know, this is uh, now about the battle, the battle of who uh, has the power. And um, when we talk about our Christian faith, we know by faith we receive uh, authority, we receive power, uh, we receive uh, whatever we need in order to live out this Christian life. And, and so the antithesis or the anti-Christian spirit uh, that comes against us has to be able to use words 
to break down what we already know to be true. And that's what we're seeing today. Yeah, so, and, and uh, it's interesting. Say, you know, yeah. old, Go ahead. Go ahead. It, yeah, I was it, saying it, that old saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Well, that's a lie. Yeah, words, exactly, because it's, it's written right here that they would use words. It says they would feign them, they would fake, they'll be fake, okay? Like fake news, they're going to be fake men. They're pretending to be just. And for the, I've been railing against Republicans. I can't count the number of years, brother. I've been railing against them to stand up and be strong against this and stop falling for it because these people pretend to be just, but there's a certain segment of the population that take things at face value. So, for example, when people say, oh, well, we only want to ban guns because we care about people, and history proves when you, when you disarm people, then the people in power end up killing them. This, this, is, this is provable, and even Jesus says if you have something of value, i.e., a money bag and a knapsack, then sell your cloak and do what? Well, guns hadn't been invented yet, but buy a weapon, buy a sword. That's it. You know, um, this this is the thing, the wisdom, the balance. The balance of the, the, the good news of the Bible is that it is for everyone that believes. Uh, but it also talks about the fearful and the unbelieving. And uh, it goes into a whole list of people, liars, witches, sorcerers, uh, shall uh, have their part in the, in the, in the lake of fire. Let's focus. They rejected yeah. the truth. Let's focus on the fearful because that my, my, my big issue with people that should be with us is that there is so much fear because these people are so good with using words that they have convinced uh, many people that do not look deeply into things, which is why people look to people like yourself, because you do look deeply into things, and your word is trusted. And so, for example, uh, Medicaid expansion is a big deal, and you spoke eloquently at the uh, news conference uh, that was held yesterday, and I was... Uh, trying to get the people that organized the event to say more about the essence of this and not let people just think that the uh, the folks that are in favor of expanding Medicaid, not let the uninformed, and I don't mean any insult when I say uninformed. People are busy. They're working. They Sometimes two jobs. They, some people have children and uh, parents to care for simultaneously. People are stressed. And so they depend on people like you and me to give them good information. And so all I'm trying to do, brother, is is let folks know that when you oppose something that is a trick, that that doesn't mean you're mean and you want people to not get health care. Or if you want a man to get a job and not get food stamps, you're not saying you want him to starve. And so you 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 study these things. So how do you... If, if, say, a, a, a high school student w- was in your church and they ask you and they've been taught this in school that we are mean because we don't want to give them free stuff, how do you handle that? Yeah, it all, it all goes back to righteousness. Um, our Lord said that you should know them by their fruit. And this is what uh, sometimes what we say the, the liberal media or the left 
they use what is called a spirit of transference, meaning that I threw the rock. This is what the left says. The left says, uh, I might have thrown the rock, but I'm going to say that you threw it because I don't want to hurt anybody. Now, that's a whole mix, a mixture of words there, isn't it? I threw the rock, but I'm going to blame you as if you threw the rock, but then I'll say I didn't want to hurt anybody. And so what we were dealing with is a spirit of confusion. And when, when someone comes like that, it's up to the church to be able to differentiate uh, what is actual real and what is not. Um, it's called discernment. And when you're talking to someone who is obviously uh, not grown in their faith, because the stronger you get in your faith, the more you're able to see what is real and what is not. And you're this is what the it. enemy hates about yes. the church that those who are strong in faith mm -hmm. don't get tricked as much. Um, the Bible even talks about if it were possible, even the very elect mm -hmm. would be deceived. You're right. If it were possible. If which possible. Means that the, <laughs> the, if it were possible. But because of our faith, because of how we grow our faith, this is like a muscle. You use it, it gets stronger. You don't use it. Well, you know what happened. Amen to that. that. Which you have seems to disappear. So um, this is about what's going on with the delusional, uh, the, the person who says, you Christians are crazy mm -hmm. and, and you don't understand. And we have to take them right back to the point where what is the original intent that God, that God has for his people, that God has for the earth? How about what God has for education, mm -hmm. what God has for marriage, what God has for uh, health and you, wealth? It's all in the scripture. Deuteronomy uh, 8, 18 says, uh, I want to remind you, Israel, it is the Lord that God that giveth the power to get wealth. Why? That he might establish his covenant. So mm -hmm. there's a reason why God provides, but there's also a reason why God expects. Mm -hmm. There's an expectation. And, well, I and so appreciate God's not that. Santa Claus, he's not a Santa Claus. <laughs> right, he's giving out stuff without any ex expectation. If he gives you wealth, then there's an expectation behind what you should do with that wealth. Exactly. If he gives you health, if he gives you knowledge, uh, the Bible talks about how how uh, in the last days knowledge will increase. It's going to have to increase in the last days because it's going to be the knowledge of Satan that fights against the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so those are two schools of thought that are going to be prevalent in the last days. And we're seeing uh, it. And so knowledge, yeah. We're absolutely. seeing it every day. Yeah, and look, you really, you hit that one out of the park, brother. I appreciate it. And I wish we could go a little longer, but we're up against another break. And uh, look, we're going to have you back. We got to have you back. I really appreciate you taking time to share with the audience today. And, and look, last, yeah, well, I'll give you, you. Any, any last thing you want to share. Last thing is thank you so much, Craig. I know you're out on, you're out on the front lines, and uh, we're going to pray your strength in God that, that you will stand strong as you gather uh, the end-time warriors in these last days uh, to prepare for the ushering of the coming of Christ. So we love you. God bless you. Thank and, you. And, and the Lee family and all of those and all the whole radio family, we're just praying for God's blessings and God's glory. Uh, to fall on us so that we can then accomplish what he has called us to do. Amen to that. What a very kind prayer. I really appreciate that, brother. God bless you.
All right, God bless. All right. Well, all right, Richmond. We're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we will have your phone calls, area code 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. Scott and Richard Lee, the Circus Clowns of Talk Radio, on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. Uh, we hope you're having a very uh, comfortable and uneventful ride home, uh, you who are listening as you uh, finish up another week of uh, earning the money to pay the taxes uh, so that folks can get their food stamps and health care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, we were just, I was just talking to... Um, um, Bishop uh, Leon Benjamin uh, about uh, some of these very things. And, uh, you know, and he kind of echoed uh, one of my favorite uh, things that I like to say about the two camps, the two schools of thought, uh, you know, and I, I take it on to a different level. Uh, I look at it like on one side, we have the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition. And on the other side, there's the coalition of evil, and I, and I, and I and I go there. Not many people like to go there and say that, and uh, but I'm always careful to say now, if you happen to be a Democrat, I don't care if you're a lifetime Democrat voter. I'm not talking about you, Ma and Pa Democrat. Okay, and uh, now there are some Democrats out there where that would be appropriate, that would fit. Okay, but that's between you and your God. That's not for me to judge. But facts are facts, and there are uh, there are differences. Okay, and uh, you know we cannot pretend that um, you know you can take your child's pet bunny rabbit and replace it with an alligator, and that's they're equal. We we just can't pretend that. Okay, one is cute and fuzzy, and. Uh, you know, and we'll eat a carrot, and the other one, uh, they view us as lunch, okay? <laughs> and, uh, it's, there, there is a difference, and uh, I think if there are more people willing to say that there are differences, and I know there are things that unite us. We're all, uh, you know, children of God. We all have red blood, and in this country, we're all supposedly Americans, even though we don't all act like we love America, but we all, you know, we're all here. I get that, but that being said, there are differences. People do have choices, and choices do have consequences. We're going to take another quick break, and uh, we would love to entertain your phone calls, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820, 97.7 FM. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee today. Uh, so glad you're out there and uh, so happy to be able to have the opportunity to sit in for the famous Lee brothers here. Uh, the number, if you'd like to call, is 804 454 1366. 804 454 
1-866-838-1366 as we start the final 30 minutes of today's program. And I want to just say thank you to the uh, several guests uh, that we have been blessed to have uh, this day. And, uh, you know, the, um, the, uh, the speech that Donald Trump gave, uh, really, really uh, a great speech. And this, this, is a, this is a shrewd and very, very smart and very, very focused uh, president, President Trump is. Uh, his speech went an hour and 15 minutes at CPAC, and uh, that's quite a long time. And, you know, he had some, uh, some oldies but goodies in there, but uh, he's, he's, he's really focused. And I think the, uh, the big issue uh, right now is the shooting down in Florida. And I think he has the right message, and he is the right man uh, to carry that message. And as I was uh, sharing with you uh, prior to the break when I was finishing up with uh, Bishop uh, Leon Benjamin, and I was reading that Bible quote uh, from the book of Luke about uh, men who feign themselves as good, and they, uh, they try to take your words and they try to catch you and they try to twist your words. Uh, folks, we are, we are living, there are examples of this every single day. And the simple fact of hardening our schools and not in re- respect of any position on the debate over guns, there is no reason why the schools cannot be hardened and the gun debate can be separate from that as the father of that beautiful young girl uh, suggested. And I think Trump is very, very focused on that, and I think that is something that is going to come to pass. We're going to take our bottom-of-the-hour news break. We will be right back. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers on WNTW, AM820, 97.7 FM, The Answer. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here, sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee, and uh, a very, very fantastic person just walked in, and of course, uh, Senator Amanda Chase, who's up next, and uh, she's going to get her uh, gear all set up and get her computer and her and her paperwork and all, and uh, we're going to do a little uh, little joint talk here on the last 30 minutes here. The number, if you'd like to call in, is 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. Now, only about 25 minutes left in today's program. So if uh, we have not covered something uh, that you all would like to uh, discuss, uh, please feel free to call in. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, I'll do my best. And, of course, uh, the good senator, I'm sure she will be able to handle it uh, as well. And uh, we really would greatly appreciate it. And I want to remind you all to please mark the date on your calendar, April the 25th. Uh, I have been given the very distinct honor, and it's a very uh, humbling uh, thing to to be uh, given the uh, responsibility to host uh, such an important debate. 
we are going to be choosing a senator to represent the Republican Party that's going to go up against Tim Kaine. And uh, that's a Monday night, and that's in Henrico County. And um, we have uh, also uh, current issues uh, before the uh, public uh, Medicaid expansion. I like to take it uh, away from the minutiae. Uh, and into its essence. Uh, Folks, this is a debate that's been going on uh, since Plato and Hippocrates, okay? Plato wanted the doctor to be a government employee and do the will of the government. Hippocrates wanted the doctor to be the representative of the patient. And uh, we're going to say hi to Kevin from Richmond. Uh, And Kevin, you want to talk about the school's uh, uh, what's on? Well, I can't say what's on your mind. You've he wrote it up there. What's on your mind? The schools. <laughs> right, right. How you doing today? Uh, very, very well. Hey, great. I'm a first time listener and actually a um, first time caller. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, certainly. Well, um, yeah, I was in. I had to go to Columbus, Ohio, um, for the medical emergency. You know, my dad had a stroke. So, um, well, we pray to, that he's to, well. I received that, and thank you very much. Yes, thank sir. Um, so I had to get a couple of legal documents together, you know, for my father, and um, I had to go to my um, my stepbrother's school, his uh, middle school, because he had my dad's phone. Mm-hmm. So, and it just surprised me. I rang the little doorbell. They see my face. They just let me ride on in the school. Wow. I had I had access to the whole reign of of that whole school system, and after this shooting, I'm like, now it's shooting just happened, and and they they've and not hardened it. You see what you see what hardened. President Trump is trying to do? I, I do, I really do. Wow, um, I was just touching bases on that, and um, it it it, it kind of made me sick, you know, to my stomach. I'm like, they didn't even ask for my ID once I entered the building. Wow, middle school. What do you think of that, uh, Senator Chase? Wow, I guess first thing I would want to know is which school did you go into? Are you allowed to? Okay. I it wasn't in Virginia. It was in Ohio. No, it was in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. 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 But hopefully that wouldn't – well, we don't want it to happen anywhere. We don't want it to happen to right. Ohio nor Virginia. No, you're exactly but, right. But, I, I, you know, I, I look at things from Virginia perspective and, and what we can do to improve, improve the laws or, you know, improve the communication – with our with our school systems, and and I'll tell you in Chesterfield County where my kids attend school, um, I, I really think Dr. Lane has done a great job um, in Virginia the way it is right now, at least in Chesterfield County and um, Amelia Colonial Heights. Uh, you have to ring a doorbell. They have one on the outside of the door, and um, all the doors are locked. I've gone to visit my kids, and um, they have a a speaker right there and, mm-hmm. and they have to verify right. that it's you before you can even come in the building. So that's, you know, and, and scary. I'm sorry. <laughs> did you they write up? Did you let, did had, you let people, did you let your displeasure be known before you left Ohio? <laughs> no, what I did because I had so much in my mind. I'm on my now. In the hospital. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, now, will I, you, I, will you make that I phone will. call? I, I definitely, most certainly will. Thank and you. And I think, um, like, the, I'm, I'm sorry, um, I don't know the young lady's name off the top of my um, head who was just speaking, but um, they had the same um, system in place. The yeah. camera and the doors were locked, but they just rang the doorbell and let me ride on in. Mm-hmm. But I think what the schools need to do, I don't know how far-fetched this may sound, but what they should do is have, like, a, a TSA sort of, like, security checkpoint in schools for for 
visitors. Like, you can't pass, go, don't go to jail. Good you idea. You come right to this place before you check in with your ID. So you can't have even access to the school without properly checking in. Yeah. So well, we appreciate you say. sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And continue to be a listener. I'm on tomorrow morning. Now, uh, the Senator Chase, she's going to be here the next Senator hour. Chase, okay. Yeah, and I'm on every Saturday morning, 10 to noon. Check out my website, thereallyrealdeal.com. God bless you, and listen, God bless your father. Hey, thank you, and uh, God bless you and your family and your ministry. Thank you, thank you. All right, 804-454-1366 is the number, 804-454-1366. And, uh, and Senator, you know, this this thing with, uh, I, I was sharing this earlier with a previous guest, uh, this idea that when you oppose any type of thing that, uh, the Democrat Party can call a, a freebie or a, a social service or an entitlement, okay? Uh, no one, you know, no one is entitled to the fruit of another person's labor. Another person would have to willingly uh, give that uh, to them, which would be good and, and laudable were they to do that, okay? Whether that's you know, you tithe a tenth of your income, tithes and offerings, uh, you know, charitable relief. This is how it's been done throughout human history. So when you get to the place where uh, a, a modern nation wants to have the type of republic that Plato talked about, where he went against Hippocrates, the father and author of the Hippocratic Oath, okay, which doctors no longer take, by the way. They no longer take the pure and true and original Hippocratic Oath. But we're on the side of Hippocrates, are we not? We are, and we recognize that at the end of the day, that model is unsustainable. Somebody has to pay the bill at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And what about the power that the state would have to take your life, which is another thing. Hippocrates was against that, and Plato thought that the state should have the right to control the size of the population because a smaller population is easier to control. So euthanasia, abortion, these are tools in Plato's view that the government should have. And the, the government has the right uh, to do this because, you know, this was prior to the birth of the United States of America, where in the United States, our Declaration of Independence says our rights come from God. They don't come from Plato. Well, you're exactly right. I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I think we have to be careful, those of us who are in government and government officials, that as we look at legislation, does it increase government or does it decrease government? Yeah, yeah. And what's that old wise saying that uh, power, it doesn't say power corrupts. Let's get it right, folks. It says power tends to corrupt meaning that there are some people like our very fine Senator Chase who can resist. <laughs> can you resist the power? Just say no. <laughs> she can resist, you know, our, our great Congressman Dave Brett, he can resist the power. I think our great Senator uh, Rand Paul, he can resist the power. But, Senator, how many people can resist that power, and how many people does that power go to their head? Well, you know, you would be surprised. The people that you think are the strongest are many times the least 
um, able to resist. And I think we saw that a lot this week in the General Assembly that people that have stood strong on not expanding Medicaid Mm -hmm. for years and years and decades. And this past week, they gave in. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, you know, it's... It's just hard to get your mind around these these yeah. uh, legislators who are good people, and um, and I think they mean really well. But I think in today's society, um, people like free stuff, mm-hmm. and you want to be the person that says yes, just like with my kids, who I talk about all the time. <laughs> I've got four kids. I like to be able to say yes to my kids. Not you know? me. Not me. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't mind being the Grinch for, you know, at the right time. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time mm, for everything. That's exactly yeah. right. And this week was the the week to say no to Medicaid expansion and um, for a number of good reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think we we have to do what's best for our constituency and for Virginians, and that is to continue to say no on Medicaid expansion, and not because, like mm-hmm. you were saying earlier, we're not sensitive and caring to people. It's because we are. Right. We right. realize the system good is for broken. Them. It's good for them that we say no, just like it's good to say no. You you cannot buy a drink while you're while you're too young to handle alcohol. It's good, and uh, you know we're up against a break here, folks. And uh, last chance for folks to get a phone call in. Well, you have a whole hour with the senator. Last chance to get the hatchet man. Okay, 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820, 97.7 FM, The Answer. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man sitting in for Scott and Richard Lee and sitting in with Senator Amanda Chase uh, here as we wrap up today's program. 73rd anniversary of the Battle of Iwo Jima. Oh, I just wish we could get a Marine Corps veteran to call in real quick at 804-454-1366. 804-454-1366. That iconic picture of the raising of the flag on Iwo Jima happened 73 years ago today. and uh, But we have our own battles here, folks. Uh, our great, great um, World War II era veterans, uh, they have put the baton firmly in our hands. And, uh, and Senator Chase, I just want to say thank you uh, to you so much. Uh, you are one of those uh, unabashed Christian conservative and uh, and I think what you do you epitomize what I call the seven C's of a successful society and that's uh, Christian faith conservative values constitutional limits and if you're not watching on the hatchet cam I'm pointing at her okay (laughs) constitutional limits capitalistic opportunity I'm going to point at her again Choice in all things, because you are pro-life a champion. Choice in all things. School choice, choice of doctor, choice in all things. Confrontation with evil and consistency in application of law. And which one of, well, it's hard. I guess if I were to ask you which one of those is your favorite, I know you're going to say Christian faith. But um, 
You know me pretty well. Because <laughs> without that, the rest doesn't really matter. And you know, that's what I say all the time. Without the first one, you couldn't have the other six. Exactly but, right. you know, we live in an era, uh, Senator Chase, where there is no consistency in the application of law. We see that at all levels of government. Uh, a Republican could spit on the sidewalk, and it's made a federal case. I mean, Bob McDonald almost went to prison because a man bought his wife some shoes. Okay, and Terry McAuliffe becomes governor with a, a, a scandal sheet a block long. Okay, from you know the dirty Chinese money, the um, the missile technology transfers that went from the uh, Defense Department over to the Commerce Department and then over to China, and after that, all that money comes into the uh, Bill Clinton reelection campaign and. Very few people in Virginia ever did mention, other than myself, that Terry McAuliffe was Bill Clinton's national finance chairman. That's right. Yeah. So what do you say about the consistency and application of law, and what do you say to fellow Republicans about being strong and just speaking truth? Well, I think it's always important that we speak the truth, but I will also say that in the judicial system, and, and actually one of my roles in the Senate is to appoint and reappoint judges. Mm -hmm. And so whenever they're coming up for reappointment um, as, as legislators, as senators, as uh, members of the House, we meet with judges. And it's very important that we interview them and um, because they have a leaning. Oh, yes. All judges have a leaning. And um, as a co-founder of the Transparency Caucus, I want to know what that leaning is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, you know, you, you hear with all the judicial appointments, you want to, we want a more conservative, um, mm -hmm. ju you, you know, someone in the, who's a judge, it's going to be more conservative as opposed to someone who's more liberal leaning. And it's important to know which, which way they lean. But and, with um, nine to one against us, how do we, how do we find them? And then most judges, they're going to take a pay cut to become a judge. Am I overstating the case? Well, no, I don't, I don't think you are. You know, um, a lot of people, I know, you know, I, I'm not in this role uh, as, a, as a state senator because it pays. Um, sometimes we see it as a calling, which is, which is yes. the way I feel about this Me job. Too. I'm, not, I'm definitely not in this for the money. If anything, it, I'm going backwards, but we yeah. won't talk about that. It is a calling, and I, I yes. feel like there are judges, and, I'm, and I have several friends who are judges, and they're, they're really good people, and um, you know, they, they try to be fair. They try to be impartial. They try mm -hmm. to do their best to um, apply the laws truthfully and, mm -hmm. and, and without that sway in there. Yeah, but it's, it's the, the, the difference is so striking, though, that, you know, again, even Republicans jumped on uh, trying to throw Bob McDonald under the bus, and not a single one of these same guys said anything about Terry McAuliffe. And so with with one minute to break, what do you say to that? You know, we just need equal application of the law. I mean, we we have we have to first of all ensure that we're appointing the the judges that are are not leaning to the left. I mean, that's that's first and foremost. But um we also have to make sure they they apply the law mm -hmm. in in a judicious way and and one where they are up, you know, not using their political leanings to advance their cause. They need to apply the law. They need yeah, to be truthful yeah. and 
Oh, okay. Rule All in right. that direction. That's my feelings yeah. on it. And maybe on the other side of the break, I'll ask you what's the process to impeach a judge just in <laughs> case they don't. So we're going to take a break, folks, and we will be right back. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Well, we've wrapped up another program, folks, and it's been a fantastic program. We had a little bit to say about our good uh, Christian brother, uh, the Reverend uh, Billy Graham, who's gone on to glory now. Uh, had a little bit of Johnny Cash uh, playing his favorite song, Just As I Am. And uh, we've had a couple of uh, really, really fantastic guests. And, uh, and of course, uh, the highlight of the evening was to have Senator Amanda Chase show up just a little bit early enough to sit down with Brother Craig the Hatchet Man. So, Senator Chase, take it away. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me on. And I appreciate your service to the Commonwealth and communicating our strong conservative message and giving people hope that we are not done fighting. Amen. We will fight to the bitter end. Amen. Stay tuned because Senator Chase is up on the other side of the break, folks. My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer, and we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad, not bad at all. And so, by God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.